I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'll be your host as always. Today I'm delighted to be joined by the gentleman behind the Founders Thrill, the story of the formation of their club brought to life. Uh, a very, very warm welcome to the show. First of all, Gordon Bell, how are you, Gordon? I'm fine, thanks. It's great, great to chat to you during the afternoon when it's a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope I've not ruined your, your bank holiday Monday plans too much. No, nope, not doing anything, thanks. Perfect. And, of course, um, Mr Ian McCall. Ian, again, thanks for coming on and how are you doing? Yeah, doing great, Colin. I, thanks very much for having us on. This is an absolute pleasure for us. Thanks very much. So... Again, thanks for coming on. Um, really, really is my pleasure uh, to to be speaking to you both. Before we get into the founders tale itself, uh, just want to ask you. I, I don't, I, I don't uh, suppose you'll um, you'll mind talk about present affairs as well. I don't know how much you'll uh, get to talk about what's going on nowadays in the tour. But have you enjoyed the last twelve months? Obviously, off the back of fifty-five, and um, we're now chasing fifty-six. Gordon, I'll start with you. How's it been for yourself the last year? Absolutely amazing. It's been. <clears throat> if you thought before um, COVID and stuff like that that we were going to win the league so easily, that and the effects of winning the league, uh, you, you couldn't you couldn't really dream of that. It was it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You know, the only thing was no getting into the games, but again. I sacrificed that to win the league. We had to win that league this year. No, totally. Um, it was it was almost bittersweet. It was um, waited a long, long time for that. Um, at least we did get to see it on the telly. Uh, that's a very small consolation. Um, it's good to be back 
and the game's already back to full capacity. Ian, what about yourself? Yeah, it was it was it was the stuff that dreams are made of, you know. And uh, and again, no, not just going back to the founders, but the birth of the club um, with the hundred and fiftieth year looming large. Um, it was just absolutely fantastic that we're going to get into that hundred and fifty year as champions, and um, and I felt that was that was vitally important, you know, because obviously the club had a lot of plans, you know, for celebrations, and um, and I just felt if the league had went again last season, you know, it's you know what I mean, but I kind of had a watered down effect on it, if you like. But uh, but no, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic, thoroughly deserved, you know. And it was brilliant to see Rangers um, coming together and playing the football um, that we, that they hoped were the guys were the guys were capable capable of, you know. But um, but no, it was wonderful. But just to reiterate what Gordon says, you know, it was it was it was bittersweet with no getting in, actually into the games. Um, you know that 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 final trounce on a Celtic at the end of the season and. Um, the trophy it would have been incredible to be there that day but the most important thing of course was um, was we won the league and got 55 tied up Colin oh, totally agree with you and uh, I think it was 2019 that one of the AGMs uh um, one of the directors, the, the line was the two most important numbers um, in the coming years are 55 and 150 so yeah, it's, it's really nice uh, we got a 55 over the line, so it's almost that kind of fairy tale coming together, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It, it couldn't have felt, it couldn't have felt any better, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very fitting, you know. As I say, that we're going to get into, we're going to get into next year, we're 150 years as champions um, of the country. So back in my rightful place, as they say. And we'll make it continue. <clears throat> yeah. Do we need, do we need to thank Peter Lawwell for that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's held held back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's um, <laughs> time and time again. I said it would have been very Celtic would have had to have been very, very good and a very, very well run club last season to match Rangers, but it, they, they, they certainly made it a lot easier for us. Yeah, definitely. So, in saying that, you know, I think the style of football, you know, and uh, the driving determination shown by the squad, it would have taken something exceptional to stop Rangers last season. I mean, um, let's not let's not take anything away from your guys. It's uh, they were absolutely brilliant for the first whistle, um, straight through. Even even the European stage, they handled that Thursday Sunday um, scenario extremely well. So uh, I, I would have taken I would have taken something exceptional. He stopped stop us last season, you know. Um, yeah. I thought they were brilliant. I think as well that, that, that Celtic never really had any pressure the years previous to that. We sort of fell apart the year before, and this was the first year we sustained that pressure, and he just crumbled. Totally crumbled at that point. No, I, I thought every uh, every year under Gerard up in up until fifty five, we were putting Celtic on. We were we were putting the pressure on Celtic maybe up until Christmas or January, and I think the majority of fans are, are saying right, let's see how Celtic cope with this pressure if Rangers keep the the foot in the throat and just keep chasing them, but. We, we didn't manage to do that um, consistently the previous years. Yeah, I can remember saying that to my son um, exactly a year ago. I said, honestly, I said, all we need is a good five or six wins underneath for belt, straight wins, and we just see how they react because we've never been in that kind of position before. You know, he really turned the heat up, heat up on them and I actually just repeated that. Those exact words to him sitting there watching the Dundee game. Um, the weekend there, you know, I feel we're in the exact same position. You know, it's been a kind of stop-start. Um, season so far, and I honestly feel you know. And again, yet yeah, some of it is to do 
what's going to what's going on across there. Um, but if we could just get those five or six wins under our belt, we would pull away. We would pull away for the for, for the pack easily, you know. And um, and hopefully that's the way it will pan out. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just putting down our, our start to the season. It's fairly slow, but uh, top of the league. I'm putting that fairly slow start to the season. Well, we're keeping ourselves for the business end. Um, I'm, I hope so. I hope I'm quite confident with that. But yeah. without further ado, then um, let's go on to the Founders Trail itself. I'd be really surprised if there's anyone listening who hasn't at least heard of the Founders Trail, let alone been on it. Um, but for the avoidance of doubt, Gordon, I'll come to you first. Um, but without giving too much away, uh, what does the Founders Trail entail? Founders Trail entail, sorry, and how much of your story do you actually tell? Well, basically, basically we're, we kind of we kind of plot the, the kind of not just the boys, but the kind of history of the club as well. We actually go in, in sequence where they played, um, Kennan Park, uh, Burn Bank, and you know what I mean. So everything goes in order, and it obviously ends up in um, Craigton Cemetery. Um, but it's it's. Uh, it, it, it does deal. It, it tells you the kind of the the lives. It gives you a better picture of the four boys that kind of formed the club, and also Tom Valentin as well, because he was also a very important person. But it just gives you a wee idea of what it's like. Because I actually said to to someone yesterday, I always like to chat to people in the way out of Craig to on the way to Ibrox and back to the bus, how they feel about the tour, and obviously it's, it's hard to get a, a, a negative comment. We never get any, but I just say to them, do you feel differently about the club? And every one of them always say, yes, they do. They've got a better understanding of the start of the club and the boys that were, were there at the beginning. You know? So, is it, um, is it just uh, going into the the very early years um, that will change how people feel about the club? Or is it maybe just um, maybe snippets of unknown facts that they've never really thought about or maybe really didn't understand where the club came from or sure Colin Harris, um, what, what what we do is um, these guys uh, were, were basically black and white pictures in a book um, you know old, old dusty history books and uh, and through the through the course of research and their story we're not, we're not obviously not bringing them back to life, but it's giving people an insight into the hurdles and obstacles that they faced, and it's very much the same as we are facing today. You know, it's uh, and it's, it's it's just to try and to, to make that connection. You know, and again, and it's important to us to make the connection that the club didn't really start under Bill Struth. You know, Bill Struth paid his own tri- paid his own tribute to the boys that formed the club. You know, and the very fact that we cover uh, during the tour the ages of them. You know, that, that, that 1877 picture, the one we're sitting with the white top with the star on, that, that's kinda that's kinda printed in people's printed in people's minds. But the fact was the boys were fifteen and sixteen year old when they formed the club. Now they were working at the time. Um so people will always say, you know, and that was one of the questions I asked myself, why Rangers? Why was it no Queen's Park? Why not Party Thistle? But some of the things that we began to find through the research was articles that were written the guys were around at the time and they were talking about them going down to Flesher's Hall and places like Burn Bank and training six nights a week. It wasn't enough just for Rangers, this young Rangers team to compete. This young Rangers team wanted to be the best at what they were doing. They were determined to be the best version of themselves. Nothing's changed in 150 years. I'm beginning to sound like Stephen Gerrard there, but that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what those boys' philosophy was and that's what we're really keen to get across. 
you know, and, and, it, and it's just that whole mix, that whole story is, I'm confident that's what people come back to us and say, now I understand, you know, why Rangers are different and why they push forward so quickly in those, those, those early years, you know, and that's what we're really keen to get across. You'd, you'd be forgiven for, for any major football club to find that that chance plays a, a, a big part in their success and throughout the years. And, you know, once they, they start winning early on, um, it's just they keep on building that dominance. But that's a, that's a completely different point of view uh, to what you're saying there. That the, These guys, these lads, that, that's the song, the four lads, and they are 15, yeah, the they are they're set up to, to, to go in for success, it's, no, it's more than just a hobby. That's right, they were writing to Queen's Park, Queen's Park were the top club at the time, you know, the Queen's Park team was basically the Scotland team, they were writing to Queen's Park and asking them to send, asking them to send their best team down to Flesher Saw, they wanted to play a game in Queen's Park, kind of hummed and hawed and then said, no, well, you haven't got your own ground, but we'll send down our second 11, and the Rangers boys were really insulted with us, you know, and there was a lot of clubs that, that were formed the, 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 the new sport of association football grabbed everyone's imagination. There was clubs springing up all over the place, but a lot of clubs went to the wall very quickly. But Rangers survived, and we believe that was the reason they survived, because these guys kept working at it, kept pushing Rangers forward, you know, and we really have got a lot to thank them for. And uh, we believe that the Founders Trail gives people the opportunity to do that, you know. You're right, we do have a lot of thank 150 years worth of thanks uh, goes to these guys. Yeah. Um, so, Founders Trail, uh, first tour was in August 2009, and since then you've had, um, I'm just taking this for your website, over 6,000 fans join the tour. So, how, how did how did it come about that you guys started the tour? Uh, well, we're actually needing to update the website because we're now sitting, I actually took a couple of notes there um, during the week and kind of got a rough count of the tours and etc. So we're actually sitting just about 11,000 now, um, people that were sitting around since 2009. So that's one for Gordon while he's on you. That. I'm <laughs> taking notes to do, you update that. <laughs> the website's going to be updated. Um, so... Yeah, so, sorry, what were you saying, Nicole, just before I interrupted you? Sorry about that. Am I not? So, so how, did it, how did it come about that you guys started this tour? And I think, um, I, I don't know if this, um, if this needs updated for the website as well, but I think uh, the, the the paragraph, um, the second paragraph in about your first tour, it sounded as if it just ended up in a pub crawl, was that right? Yeah, the first one was a walk tour. To take it back a wee bit further, um, I'd always had a burning, we both had a burning curiosity in our minds, actually since children. Again, going back to talking about those old black and white, dusty Rangers history books. And um, and I can remember clearly asking my dad and one of my uncles, what, what happened to these guys? You know, I was handed that book, Rangers, A New Year. It was a fantastic read, and there was one or two others. But again, there was only a couple of paragraphs on these boys at the start. And then it very quickly jumps to William Wilton, and then the story quickly jumps to Bill Struth. You know, and, and I can remember asking my dad and I could never get an answer. So it was one of those things that was kind of burning away at the back of my mind and uh, and I got myself on to uh, the internet in about 2005 and started digging into their story and posting wee snippets um, around Ranger supporters' websites at the time. And Gordon picked up on that. He contacted me. That was in July of 2007 and said, look, I've got an avid interest in this as well. Would you like to compare notes? And we've done that over a pint. Um, in the old Glaswegian bar, in fact, it was. And uh, and we continued to research and continued to post, and it was then 
Gary Ralston had seen what we were doing on Follow Follow and other places and um, came and said, look, I've been watching what you're doing. I've been researching the story as well and it's my aim to pull it all together and put it into a book. Now, but by this point, some of our fellow supporters have been saying, is there any way you could kind of take us round about Glasgow in a formulated fashion and show us where some of these places are? And I was like, eh, no, how are we going to do that? So anyway, the, the, the crazy idea of doing a walking tour came to mind and um, as you quite rightly said it, but that was the August of 2009. Um, a, a few is gathered um, at Fletcher's Hall and we took them along the Clydeside and up through the city centre. But it was too much. It was too much on the ledge. You know, there's a couple of kind of guys there. They were beginning to struggle. And we jumped on the underground system and up to the West End and then we thought we'd have a refreshment break in a pub and that kind of that kind of brought the day to an end <laughs> prematurely, you know. Um, and I, I, I had employment history with the bus industry, and I knew the guy in Glasgow at the time who was responsible for running the city sightseeing tour buses. So I approached him, and um, and I said, "Look, we've done that walk tour, but a logical steps to take on an open top bus. What do you think?" And he says, "Right, I'll give you one, but it can't be this this open top bus running about the city centre floor." Rowdy football supporter and I said, No, 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 let I'll be more refined than that. Let us do one, just let us do one, please. And they let us do one and it sold out. And uh, then we came up with the idea if we were starting our story at Clever Frog, it'd be wonderful to finish off with a tour of Ibrook Stadium. And it would also give the club something in return, you know, if we brought the passengers or the, the supporters through the door. So we met with Sandy Jardin. Sandy said, Yeah, go for it, let's do it. And um and it cut a long story short, we'll never look back. It's just it just absolutely snowballed um from there, you know. Um yeah, so that was that was the way it uh, came about. The the open deck bus years they were a bit of a laugh as well, because we we were selling out the whole bus, so you got like almost half the bus uncovered in Glasgow where there's never really that. And it was like I like the day before the two praying for good weather. We actually used to uh, buy in ponchos and give them out and stuff like that when we're upstairs. I can actually remember one time where we stopped at uh, Party Bus Station to do the, the West of Scotland cricket ground. And by the time we got back to the bus, it had been snowing. So they were up there scraping snow off the seats for the guys to come back and sit down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those were days. Honestly, it was incredible that we stopped with it so long, you know. But it was obviously because of the demand. Um, it was always my mind that the biggest coach I could get would be a 53-seat coach. Whereas the up top bus took almost seventy, um, so we just continued. But then it was, it was ridiculous. There was people absolutely soaked to the skin before we'd even left Ibrooks, You know, um, that was the change in two. When the club changed hands in two thousand and fifteen, uh, we met with the club director Graham Park. Um, obviously, he's the son of Douglas, and um, he knew who we were, what we were doing, etc. And uh, and I and he says so. Why why are parts of Hamilton doing this? And I said, because the biggest you can give him is a 53-seat coach. And he said, no, I've got a 70-seat coach. I said, right, show me this coach. And that was in 2015. We've we now got a luxury of the parts of Hamilton coach, and they're all complaining now because it's too warm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you win, can you? <laughs> so it, it's been good to see um, how engaging the club have been with us throughout. Um, yeah. How, obviously, uh, other than um, you, the obvious positive of the, the coach and finishing with the Ibrox tour, 
How much is it to have benefited with a connection with Rangers? Um, is that supported? The re- I'd imagine research is ongoing for this. Um, have you have they given you any support with that kind of stuff? God, I'll back up. They're getting back up. This, the research has has been has been done in my own, you know, and, and Gary Gary Ralph also done a lot of it. Um, we, we, it's not that we keep our distance. We just we do we do our own thing. You know, um, you, you probably find it's more the club will come to us and run things by us um, rather than us going to the club and trying to get information from them. Um, you know, so it's very much Gordon spends hours upon hours um, up in the Mitchell Library um, and, 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 and other places, you know, constantly researching the story. And every now and again, a wee snippet will come to us, you know, and a door will open and, um, and we're off and running. But um, yeah, I'm sure you've got Gordon's thoughts on that as well. Don't get us wrong as well. The, the club have been have uh, given us access to the, the minute books that they have, which is fantastic. And I mean that's that alone it, it helps piecing together like jigsaws. A lot of a lot of times you're doing research, you're looking for something to back up something that you found. Um, yeah, uh, and a lot of credit for that has to go to the late great Sandy Jardin. Sandy was incredible. He actually had these minute books in his office, and um, and we'd heard mention of their existence. And he said, absolutely no problem. And it was, it was, a, it was a, I think it was a Monday afternoon. And he said, I'm right going to Monday, but I'll leave, my, I'll leave the key to the office for his. And we're looking at each other going, is this, is this for real? You mm. know, and we got, and the information we got from those minute books, going to be back to the 1880s, was absolutely incredible because every every meeting that they had, um, they would list uh, the committee members and more importantly, their address, yep. where they were living. So that helped us to expand the Founders Trail pointing out where Tom Balance lived, etc. Um, and uh, Moses and obviously the others, you know. So Sandy not, was an absolutely incredible help. You know? uh, not, not just as that as well. The, the addresses are definitely important so that you can actually get the correct person when you when you research there. I, I do a lot of um, stuff in Ancestry as well. And to get you get your hints and all that for there. If you've got the right address, you've got the right person, you can then trace them to when they died and where they're buried and go and find out where their graves were and stuff like that, you know. So the addresses are always important for the research part. Wow, so that's that's a, that's a hidden gem there for you, uh, Sandy Jarden, unlocked for you. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Well, in the years before that, um, the years before 2015 um, were extremely difficult. There was nobody there. We'll all know the people that's were in the club People were in that club for one reason and one reason only, and that, that was to drain Rangers of all resources, obviously, and including the financial side of it. Um, it was an absolute nightmare. Um, but when the club changed hands, you know, people like Graham Park, you know, John Bennett, um, who were very fortunate to, to meet, um, said anything you need at all, just chat the door and it's there for you, you know, um, which was absolutely, was absolutely brilliant. You know, and it's said, we know. We know that the boardroom, it's, it's raining supporters in the boardroom now, you know. Um, but again, we just crack on and do and do our own thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's just the way we work. Right. They, they, did, they, they did for a few seasons as well. They put our advert on the main boards, yeah. uh, screens at iBooks. That was invaluable as well. They even they even allowed us to put our adverts up in the concourses in the toilets. That was one of the highlights of that season was to run around Ibrooks for sales, putting up posters. The give us free reign, run around the whole ground, you know. Yeah, I mean the, the board the board of directors took the took the founders trail with us. Um, you know, and we as, as we said during the commentary, you know, we highlighted how important it is it's a torch that they're now carrying. 
that was letting Flesher's hot, and then we had 32 office staff um, a couple of months after that, um, office staff from, from all departments within the club, and we took them around as well, you know, and it was all just about showing them why Rangers are special and how the job that the job that they're doing is special, you know. So so that was that was important um, to us as well, you know. But um, that was a door we kept chapping until until that happened, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, we work we work, we work we work closely with them, you know. That's that's amazing to hear that the club uh, directors um, and the with the admin staff and stuff the, they they've taken the tour because um, yeah, yeah. I think something is been really prominent over the last three, four, five years that the club have been heading towards a, a direction of unity. It's, it's yeah. certainly what we felt last year. And it's strange when we're talking about the start of, start of this show where it was bittersweet that we weren't being able to go, go in and celebrate uh, with, with the club being winning 55, but you still feel a connection. And I think that's been up and down the club, and that's definitely no accident. It's uh, you know, it's gestures like this, going and seeing the founders today, and yeah. really understanding where the club came from. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's wonderful wee snippets we put out. You know, about about the club president, president Tom Valence at the time when we moved to First Ibrox, and that, it, that that it was not unusual for the club president Valence to be working the turnstiles and match day. You know, we put that across and then turning and looking at them and saying, so it's new to use, you know, and, and it got a laugh on the day, you know. Um, but no, they're, listen, believe me, they're, they're 100% fully aware um, that, that talks are carrying now, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, the Tom Valentis came up a couple of times, and that, that is someday I'm really looking forward to. When I uh, go on the tour, um, but with the rest of the guys and disclaimer folks, I'm the only one for the podcast has not been on the tour, so apologies. Um Shocking. but Tom Bass is I know, terrible. Um I've got an absolute <laughs> um you on. Um but Tom Valence is somebody I'm really, really keen to uh, to hear more about it. Particularly I'm I'm a regular in the Viceroy. Um but how much a part does he play in, in the story of Rachel's early years? Uh, massive. Tom Valence was massive. Um if you ask me or Ian, who our hero is, it's Tom Valence. The, the guy, apart from being um, six foot two at a time where your average height was five foot seven, so he was kind of a colossus a guy anyway. Um, but he was definitely um, a driving force with the, with the club, and, and he was well loved. Do you know, he was he was a fantastic all round character. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
Yeah, the Viceroy's a brilliant link. Colin, you know, that was his club restaurant uh, back, in, back in 1890. And um, and the, 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 the beauty of Valence's story is um, he, was, he was very much hands-on, you know, right, 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 right there from the start. And he had he had the joy of being there in Flesher's Hall. He came along a year later in 1873, but he had the joy of being there in Flesher's Hall. And then 60 years later, as a guest of the club um, for the New Year's Day game against Celtic in 1933, so he's seen a full Ibrox Stadium, crowds almost touching a hundred thousand. He he's been keeping it all, you know. Um and he's also a guest of my first um for, for that game. Um and that was another game of Sporting Club of Vienna we played. He was a guest again um that year. So it must have been incredible for him to sit in that director's box and look round about him, you know. Um for being from being the fifteen, sixteen year old kid back at Flesher's Hall. So again, people will say, you know, it's Rangers and what an incredible club and a family club and this is another perfect example of why of why we are, you know. There's a, there's a great wee story we tell in the tour about the Viceroy. Well, obviously, when it was the, the club. Um, 1883, we were playing Celtic in the final at Hamden. They weren't fancied at all. Celtic were the kind of heavy favourites. And um the local uh, supporters gathered around the, the restaurant waiting to hear the result. And uh, this, uh, what they called the Nurturing, um sprinted back for Hamden, got there and they said the result was 3-1. Nobody believed them, so they sat set about them. And uh, it was hard to see, straight with you indeed, if it's no true, Rangers will beat Celtics, I think, you know. So that, just three stories like that, right outside the pub that you, you go to uh, before the games. Yeah, it's incredible quality thing, you know, I mean, that was maybe also way back before radio and television had been invented, and, and that's what would happen, the fans, the supporters would gather outside the restaurant and wait for a runner coming from Hamden to tell them the score. Really is. Um, so, you, you've mentioned um, about like how how proactive you are we try to put funds back into the club through the tour, whether that's uh, the Ibrox tour itself or I know we spoke beforehand about um, you know, getting maxi tickets for raffles, that kind of stuff. Um but as well as that, is um the the funds raised for the tour go towards quite a few side projects, most notable most notably the restorations of Rangers Graves. I think that's a wonderful cause, um, and imagine that would be an ongoing thing, but how much of an impact have you managed to have there? Yeah, well, just before we move on to that, it's um, what you quite rightly said about the stadium tour, the funds going back into the club. What we also do is uh, we purchase, well, it used to be the stadium bricks, it's now paving stones. I think they've actually run out of space. Um, we purchase the paving stones from the Rangers Youth Development Company and we raffle one of those off every tour that we run. So the money that comes in for, well, the money that comes in for that goes back into the club through the youth development. And uh, we also with a batch of um, the Rangers and Russia books, um, which we got from Colin Stewart as well, and they're used as a raffle prize, and the money from that goes back into the, the, the Players' Benevolent Fund. So the the, 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 the the passengers that take the tour, their money is constantly being generated, going back into the club, and um, that's important to us. But yeah, the restoration of uh, Rangers' Grace Project, um, again, that came about through our research. Um, it was natural to follow these guys' stories to a conclusion, and unfortunately, we started finding more and more of them lying. Um, if they weren't in unmarked graves, then it was um, the graves where the stone was broken. I was lying face down, um, or needed cleaned and and re-lettered. And 
and uh, we, we launched that back in 2014. Um, it was actually the McNeil plot, and the McNeil's and the Struth plot across at Creighton Cemetery um, that kick-started it. Um, we found Peter McNeil and one of his brothers lying in an unmarked grave in Mr. Struth Stone was looking the worst for wear. Uh, so we thought it would be an idea to put out an appeal um, to the worldwide range of support, and it was, it was surprised <coughs> no one that um, the fund in large amounts, and um, that let us kickstart uh, the restoration of a Rangers Grace project. Since then, there's uh, there's been people donating things such as signed jerseys, which we go and get framed and then put them up for raffle. Bottles of whiskey. There's been sponsored walks. Everything, you know. And again, it's just the range support rallying round. Um, to help to help the project, uh, and it's been fantastic. And that's um, that's sixty three plots um, that we've restored, and we've also managed to help thirty three of the Diablo disaster families. Um, it extended into that. We found the final resting place of our boy George Nelson at Creighton Cemetery. Um, he was one of two boys that were killed in the sixty one accident. And um, the 50th anniversary of that just just passed. It actually had George Nelson's family, the club, George Nelson's family in um, for before the Leon game um, for some hospitality, etc., uh, and laid flowers at the, the statue to mark the event. So we, that the, it naturally extended into helping those bereaved um, by the Ibrox disaster. Uh, so what again? We've put in we've put in new stones. Um, a lot of the guys. They lost their lives that day, were cremated. We've managed to put plaques at some of the crematoriums around Glasgow and we've restored a couple of benches. Uh, memorial benches, one to Margaret Ferguson. She was the only female that died that day and uh, one for the, the, the five boys up in Mark Inch. Um, so it's very much still ongoing. Yeah, but we have restored the plots of past presidents and chairmen and players, but it's now extended into helping our fellow supporters. Which is which is important. I I think that's um, that's an amazing project to to have, um, and I, I didn't actually realise it extended into um, you know for for supporters and supporting supporters' families. So I, I think I speak on behalf and and everyone and saying that that's an amazing job that you, you guys are doing through this. Okay. It, yeah, it's, it's a really it's, it's it's rewarding, you know, when you can actually help. Um, people um, that have been bereaved the Ibex disaster and it's not just uh, the work that's been done in the plot it's just to just to remind these folk you know that they, are, they haven't been forgotten you know it's um, it's we're the next generation you know but the generations will come after us and that will let their families then have somewhere to go and pay their respects whereas before there was nothing um, and in the actual cemeteries you know there's also the, the statue there at Ibrox um, but it's it, it's let it's let them do it on a kind of personal level, um, if you like. But again, it's only it's only it's only possible, Colin, because of the donations that have come in from the worldwide range of support. If there's no donations um, had come in, then we would have struggled. Again, I just I just said yesterday to the group at Creighton, it would be the easiest thing in the world for to go and chat the door and ask the club to 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 if not totally fund us, then part fund it, but. We didn't want to do that. We wanted this to be from this generation of Rangers supporters looking back and giving our thanks and giving these guys back a bit of dignity and respect. Um, you know, and it's just this generation saying to them, "Well, thanks. Um, we can't thank you personally, but we're going to ensure that you, you won't be left lying in an unmarked plot, you know? 
Uh, and I think that is an important point. That is, um, we talk about the different generations coming coming after each other. It's really important um, for us to look back at not just the past teams, but the past supporters that follow these teams as well. I think that's a really important uh, important message, and I'm sure a lot of people who take the tour will take that message away. That it's important to keep telling the story of the Rangers teams and, and the people who followed Rangers as well, more importantly, because that, that's what any any club's about, the, the fans first and foremost. So, going ahead uh, to the 150th anniversary, we spoke about it quite a few times so far. Um, that, that's, a, that's a massive milestone. Um, also, there's been a lot of hype uh, from up surrounding the club, uh, most notably around the new Edmonston House uh, project. It'll include a, a museum, and I think rightly so, it's get, gathering a lot of hype. Before going to your plans, um, kind of what what you guys have got coming up on the tour itself, um, do you think you'll incorporate the museum tour into the, the Founders Trail? That's something that, that we'll, we'll speak to the club about um, and get 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 their thoughts on it. Um, I don't know how, I don't know at this stage how the club's going to split the stadium tour with the museum tour. If some objects are going to go across there and a kind of loaned basis to the museum, I, I, I really don't know. Um, I would be guessing uh, how the how the what 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 the plans are uh, for this um, and whether we would then focus on. When we come back to Highbrook's doing the, the museum tour, or we would still go back, we would still get to the stadium. Um, the stadium's got 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 its magic, of course. Uh, we got in the marble staircase. We've got an, the, the entrance to that stadium is like none other, none other world football. Um, so my initial thoughts would be to to, to keep it um, within the stadium. Um, but again, it's, it's something we'll get around the table with the club with. Uh, near the time and get, and get their thoughts on it. What do you think, Gordon? Oh, definitely. It's, it's it's how they're going to do it. I, a few years back, done the Man United one, and you you start off in the museum and you can go around the museum. Then your tour gets called for the stadium part. So do you go away and do that and you can go back to the, sta- the, the museum? So I don't know whether the club's going to do something similar to that. Whereas you start your day in, you go, oh, well, your tour starts at 12 o'clock, so you need to be over. I, I don't know how they'll do it, whether they'll just keep it separate altogether as a museum tour and a stadium tour. Or, you know, so um, it'd be interesting to see what, they, what their thoughts of that is. Just on uh, the club's plans, is there anything um, you guys w- would like to see the, the club do to commemorate the 150th anniversary? Um, any ideas that you'd think would be a nice throwback to them, just as a, like, like as a, the main two guys have been looking back into the, the history of the, the founding years? Yeah, I think um, I think the first the first Old Firm game um, that we have at Ibrox next year, that me and Gordon should be included in the first team. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a must. I'd probably need to play a sweeper type role, but I don't know if that fits into the, the formation. Um, the, the, I'm sure the club have planned, you know, and we've, we've had a couple of discussions with them, um, but we, I, I can't we, we can't really expand on that just now. You know, they yeah. have asked that they have asked that we kind of keep it until things are finalised, then kind of thing. So. Um, they, have, they have came and asked for our thoughts and a couple of things, and and we've 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 put them across, you know. So, but again, it's it's still it's still very much at at discussion stage, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's something really it's something really look forward to. 
You know, it was going back, you know, you can back to the 140th year, Gordon, I remember this clearly, um, in 2012, and we'd been having discussions with Sandy Jardin, and mm-hmm. our first ever game at Fletcher Hall was against Calendar, and, um, and there's still a football team in Calendar, the amateur or junior, but I went through to visit the guy um, through there, and the plan was, was to bring the Calendar team through to Fletcher Hall, and there was going to be a a select team. I think Mark Haley and John Brown, etc., had put their name forward or had been approached to play in that game. And before we knew it, that was in February of 2012. And before we knew it, bang, Whitehead is an administration. And um, that all, everything just collapsed. Yeah. You know? The idea of the Rangers team was um, when the founders of the club obviously finished a plane, um, they created a, a, an ancients team which raised money for charity. So you could, guys like Tom Valance and uh, George Gillespie, all these guys, and were, were, were sat, sat playing these, these games. So their idea was to have a, a Rangers ancients team to play calendar, and that sounds where John Brown and all that guys would come in. Um, yeah, so so th- th- there was that kind of thing that was going on. Um, and uh, incredibly, uh, we, we'd actually been asked up to Auckland Howie to, to, to meet Sandy to have a, a discussion, a further discussion um, in 2012. And just at that, we were actually sitting in an office up there and just at that, the notification came through um, that the club was going into administration and Sandy Jardin just turned grey. And he turned, um, I won't repeat on air exactly what he said, but wow. Um, and that was it. We just knew then any plan, anything that the club had for going forward was going, was going down the toilet very quickly. It was it was horrible, you know. Um, so, so that was that was 140th year. Um, but I'm sure it'll be it'll be so much different. It'll be so much different next year, Colin. You know. I know. It's and it's all these kind of stories that you you never really hear too much about like um, so this is the first time I've heard that we were planning these celebrations for the 140th anniversary but yeah. there's so much so much got ruined um, uh, with that period um, and it's a shame but I suppose it's the club's back in the right hands and going in the right direction so it, it's great oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the plans for the new Emerson House and the museum and I, I think are absolutely fantastic um, and we're, we're, we're pushing forward and fabulous those games there with Arsenal and, and Real Madrid um, and uh, yeah we've got the, 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 the club and the support as a whole I've got so much to look forward to it's, uh, it's just absolute night and day as we'll all know to where we were to where we were 10 years ago yeah Definitely, it was really seeing like said that 2012 onwards. There was very few staff actually in the kind of admin team. That right, and there was like yeah, was, trying to get things organised was just mental. It was really yeah, hard to. People were just get, out. Um, they're going to meet up with the Commonwealth Games, the organisation behind that. And people just jumping ship, and rightly so. Um, they could also see their jobs um, disappearing. It's tragic. Yeah, really, really, really dark times. Then, uh, yeah. Back, back on to what um, I mentioned before about your plans for the 150th anniversary. Um, I believe uh, you've you've released a book um, a few years ago, and it's a, it's a new edition of this is coming out. Is that right? Yeah, do you want to crack on with that? Gordon? I will. It's um, uh, Gary. Gary sort of kind of uh, floated the idea about the kind of a new version. The original book. Um, 
Gary Dunn, uh, we gave him extra information for that. And then he brought out a kind of updated version, which was the kind of current one, which is a lot better. But um, since then, I mean, we've got loads of uh, wee bits of problems that we've gave Gary to add into the book, and there's different things. Um, so it's actually kind of almost a rewrite of the book as well. So it's it is actually different. Um, we we have got something for it that's kind of. It's a, it's a bit of a wow factor, but I don't really like to talk about that at the moment, if you know what I mean. But there's something in it there that's going to be fantastic. It's a it's a new thing about the the formation of the club and stuff like that as well. So uh, it, it's going to it, it's going to be good. But the the thing that's a wow factor it's it's going to be cracking when when that gets released. Yeah, so sorry, but when I done, Colin was um, we offered people the opportunity to place a dedication um, within the book. Um, it's coming out. Um, we asked that the dedications come in by the end of September, which is also this coming Wednesday night. So if anyone um, does want to place a dedication um, before Wednesday, you can go to my website. Gordon, if it's on yeah, uh, it's, 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 we've actually, I've actually tweeted today on, on my uh, Twitter, and Ian's just probably tweeted it. But we've also put a blog out as well about how to get that um, dedication in the book. Um, so if you look on my Twitter... Uh, it's, it's Gordon at Founders Trail, isn't it? And well, I can't remember yours off the heart, Ian. Yeah, it's the Moonlight of 1832. Again, if, 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 if it's not a dedication or after the book, we are confident that the book will be with us um, in the next four to six weeks. Um, certainly we're there in time for Christmas. So there, there's an update in every chapter um, of the book that we've done because, as I said, we, we, we continue to research and uh, there's more than enough there um, to, to, to warrant. Uh, an update on it, and it will be a, a, a hundred a celebration of our hundred and fiftieth year, and that's the driving force behind the book. And what's the uh, the book's title? It'll just be the Gallant Pioneers. It's the Gallant Pioneers. It's just uh, the hundred and fifty year edition. Yeah, yeah, and John John Brown. John Brown's very kindly doing the forward for us. Um, John Brown, of course, uh, was the guy that stood in the steps at Ibrox, and John Brown was the guy that no one was was wanted to listen to. You know, but John Brown knew um, exactly what was going on um, within our stadium and within within our club, and uh, yeah, we, we felt there was no one more fitting. Um, when the club came out the darkness and back into the light, when they're going to be selling at 150th year, we thought there was nobody more fitting to write the forward than than Bomber, um, and he's very kindly done that for us. So, uh, delighted with that. Delighted with that. That's great. So. Just to recap that, Gallant Pioneers 150th edition and um, the links are on Twitter, but I'll include the links uh, uh, in, the, in the show's, uh, in the show's problems if you brilliant. want to uh, get uh, yeah, and send over by Wednesday the 30th to the guys if you want any, uh, any you know, is it memorial? Yeah, yeah. And going forward, we will also continue doing doing our tours. Um, we've got a couple next month uh, in October that are sold out. We've got a couple of dates in November. We're going to be adding one for the beginning of December. Then we'll have our break over Christmas and New Year. We're back out doing our, our presentation evenings. Um, the, the, these were initially aimed at supporters clubs in far-flung areas who, who, who obviously everything is geared for these guys from like, Aberdeen, Fort William, Inverness to, to get to Ibrox and match day and get back. And it's a bit much to expect them to come back down the following day or stay overnight just to do the Founders Trail. So yeah. we thought we could come up with um, the idea of a presentation, um, which we do via screen and projector, and we take it out to them and give them the full story. So we're back out doing that. We're, uh, we're, through, um, we're through in Falkirk. 
uh, for the Jason Kerr Loyal um, on Saturday night. Uh, and we've got bookings coming up with the with the Brixton Loyal and we've got one down in Comores. So we're going to be expanding on that as we go forward, you know, and once obviously restrictions are now lifted, Colin, you know, and Alexis get back into the, the pubs and social clubs um, with, with, with the presentation evening. So but so that 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 will be the way forward for us. We'll, we'll, we'll expand on that, and um, we'll obviously be back. We'll be back in the road as often as we can next year, um, celebrating the 150th year. That that really brings me my my, my last question on the on the presentation nights and the the road shows. Um, I think that's amazing that um, you know you you'll take the story to supporters clubs because as you say, like, it, it can be it can be a long trek for. For um, fans right up north or anywhere in Scotland or the yeah. UK to come to to come to Glasgow for twice in the one weekend, for example. So it's amazing. Yeah. That. Yeah. How much interest do you get for overseas? Um, where anything uh, like roadshow or the tour related? We've had we've had a couple of tentative inquiries. I mean, as far as going over the sea, we've, we've certainly been to Northern Ireland a few occasions, but we've had a couple of tentative inquiries. Um, you know, from, from from abroad, but but nothing, nothing, nothing concrete. You know, something came in for Germany, you know, and um, Dubai and and Australia, um, and the, the couple of guys from NASA have contacted us over the years, but but there's been nothing concrete um, as far as as far as taking it out to that to to, to those far flung places. Um, but yeah, it's that, that as I say that that's what it's aimed for. You know, mm-hmm. um, the trips we get across to the Northern Ireland are absolutely We've been down south quite a few times as well, you know, there's the, yeah. some great support in there, Wales and England and stuff like that. Yeah, so we've done Plymouth and, and uh, Thringston, um, absolutely fantastic, Corby, mm-hmm. you know. And so, Cardiff as well for the, yeah. the boys there. It wasn't a presentation, but it was good to get you meet the guys. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's fantastic taking out. Of course, we had a night in the Viceroy uh, a few years ago, the... Oh my god, that was the late, that was... The late, the late Peter Derrick. Um, he was a, he was a he, what character Peter was. Um, he, he organized it, and I don't know if you were there that night, but he managed to get about 40 people in that back room. Should he be, he be snug? <laughs> it's absolutely astonishing. They were, they were hanging for lampshades and everything. <laughs> I was absolutely roasting. I'm sure Ian did it in his underpants. Was that warm? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to actually take it, the presentation, and he walk, of course, was Tom Balance's club restaurant that was that was an extra special night um, and the Viceroy I, I love going to the Viceroy for a pint um, it's, uh, cause it really is a step back in time and it's managed to it's managed to retain you know that that, that feeling about the place you know yeah it really has um, it's, it's a bit it's a bit trendy for my life nowadays with, um, with Scott and Robin uh, looking after it it's, they now do cocktail yeah. I thought the only cocktail you used to get in the Viceroy was a uh, lager tops, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually I actually seen a wee video that they're advertising it and that and they've actually got a kind of Tom Valance figure in the background as well, which is pretty cool, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's um lovely looking pub nowadays to, to add to the, the history. So give it that. Aye. Um, so I think that that's probably a nice place to round it off, gents. Uh, but before we do, um, I just want to thank you again for, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And before you go, uh, please feel free any last um, last messages to the listeners, and more importantly, where they can find you in the Founders Trail. Um, Gordon, I'll start with you. Well, we're, on, we're obviously on Twitter, uh, Facebook, 
I'll send you over the thing. We have not actually got them to, yeah. to hand, by the way. I'll uh, post I know. <laughs> the website's thefounderstrail.co.uk. Mate, uh, they'll, they'll get us on there and we update our, our tour dates regularly um, on there. Um, and as you say, like, we'll, 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 put, we'll put new dates on. Uh, personally, I would just like to thank um, our fellow rain supporters for supporting not only the Founders Trail, but of course the Restoration Project and my presentation evenings. Um, throughout the last few years and hopefully that will continue for the years to come because you said yourself you know at the start it's, it's an incredible story that, that, that has to be passed on to the next generation and this is this is this is the way this is the way that we'll do it you know it's always a joy whether it's on the tour bus or at these presentation evenings and looking out and seeing a lot seeing youngsters there you know and, and you can tell the ones that are the ones that are tuned in and are listening and it's so important that they take this that they take, take that story forward I think that'll, that'll take us uh, to a close there. Uh, thanks again, gentlemen and listeners. Thank you as always for coming back and listening. If you haven't taken the tour, do what I'm going to do. Sign up, please. Um, spread the word and get yourselves on it. Take care. Thanks very much.